What's up, everyone? Welcome to an episode of the All Time Sportscast. We're sorry we uh, took a couple of weeks off. Uh, I think real life started kicking our ass a bit uh, before the summer comes, so we had to take a bit of a of a break. You guys feeling okay? Yes, sir. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I have never been better knowing that Ty Helton has resigned with the Colts. So we're starting. Uh, we're gonna catch up on some of the news right away, I guess, and and that's the the perfect place to start. One year deal, Ty Helton resigning with the Colts. I was very much expected that he would return to the Colts. Uh, some say he was Pat McAfee show uh, said he was minutes away from signing with the Ravens. Steve, how do we feel? Well, I feel fantastic. I'm super happy that he's uh, that he's staying with us. Uh, that we're gonna test the waters with him and uh, Carson Wentz. Um, a lot of people say that because of Carson Wentz's arm, it is good for T. Y. Hilton's uh, ability to get to the end zone quick, uh, to go downfield quickly, and it's a match made in heaven. So I'm super happy. Um, with that's with us keeping him, I think he's gonna. Ty Hilton has always been that guy that comes in clutch for us. Uh, we saw what he did with Andrew Luck. Him and Andrew Luck together was amazing to see. Uh, you saw the yardage that they got together. Uh, you saw the completions that they had gotten together. You saw what they did uh, for those years that they played together. And I think having him there with Carson Wentz, uh, somebody who's young like. Carson went who has uh, a strong arm that could get down the field. It's it's another match made in heaven. So I'm super excited for that. And when they said that he was minutes away from signing with the Ravens, everybody's minutes away from signing with another team. It's just speculation. It's just to put things out there. So he was always staying with us. It was, it, it's there. He he knows us. He knows Frank Reich. He knows the way the offense is put together. He just had a mediocre quarterback last year and the year before that couldn't get to him. So it is what it is. Just to put it out there, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but T.Y. Hilton was the one who said that he was minutes away from signing with yeah. uh, the Ravens, not anyone else. So um, you should watch the um, his uh, his showing on the Pat McAfee show. Uh, it's, it's quite interesting. Uh, Sammy Watkins turned up with the Ravens for a year. A six million dollar one year contract with five million guaranteed. So we know what he'll do. He'll show up in week one, and <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> See you week uh, sixteen, maybe seventeen. The Seahawks uh, gave Tyler Lockett a four year, sixty nine point two million dollar contract extension. Thirty seven of that is guaranteed. How do you guys feel about that? Uh, I have a question. Is that the biggest for a wide receiver? Not sure, but it's up there. And that, that's I, that's big money. Yeah, that's big money. And I can tell you right now, there's one player that comes to mind who's really, really happy about this contract, and that's Devontae Adams. His contract is is up for renewal very soon. Uh, him and his agent are, are chatting right now, trying to get the best money possible. I thought you were going to say that Russell Wilson was going to be the happiest person. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, I, I can't tell with that guy anymore. He's got his weapons going into the next season. Uh, he seems to be staying there with the Seahawks. Uh, so they've addressed some uh, some of those key pieces to keep him happy. But 
Uh, I think this is huge for Tyler Lockett and uh, a good good kind of production last season. Hopefully, going into the next few seasons of his contract, he can be a little bit more consistent, especially with uh, Metcalf there. Uh, the two of them seem to be uh, the 1A, 1B in all of this, but... Uh, uh, I, I think Seattle uh, Seattle offered some good some good money there. Real time follow up: the uh, biggest contract in NFL history for wide receivers uh, goes to DeAndre Hopkins and the Cardinals. That makes sense. Oh, yeah. really? How much is that? Fifty four million dollars and five hundred thousand. Fifty four million five hundred thousand. Average for year is at twenty seven million two hundred fifty thousand. So, oh wow! So so Lockett is not far behind. Uh, he's in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, tenth place. Okay. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. People are paying wide receivers big time money. That's big money. I don't. I don't see Lockett as a top ten receiver in today's NFL. To be honest, I think that contract is a. Not with Metcalf. No, he isn't. No, that's it. That's what I was gonna say. Versus Metcalf, I'm surprised Metcalf is not getting. Big well, he's money. still a rookie, right? He's still on yeah, the he's contract. Yeah, he's got a few years before he gets. That's uh, true. That's true. Yeah, I didn't think of it that way. Metcalf, his size, his ability uh, <laughs> to get downfield, or what he did this year, to me is like he's been playing for like 10 years. I wonder how they'll manage that to kind of keep the two of them together if they're gonna keep. I mean, if if uh, who knows how long the Wilson era is going to last now in Seattle with the rumors that came out this offseason, but keeping those two together seems crucial if you're going to make pushes going forward. Uh, I'm not a big fan. I mean, whatever, it's the NFL. They restructure contracts, but uh, at first glance, I don't love this contract at all. Too much money, huh? I think. Uh, the biggest news while we were off was the Jets making that Sam Darnold trade that we were starting to speculate wasn't going to happen. They made that trade with the Panthers. So the Jets are getting a sixth round pick in 2021, a second and a fourth round pick in 2022, and the Panthers get Sam Darnold. Uh, How do you guys feel about that trade? (laughs) I thought it was fake news for like two days. I'm not even kidding you. Um, now that I read into it and we've had a couple of maybe a week or two uh, in it, I think that's amazing. I totally see him there. The colors look good on him. I think he can make some good things happen in uh, Carolina. I don't know. I mean, I've seen the pictures in a Carolina uniform. He looks like uh, that villain from The Incredibles, honestly. <laughs> uh, not not a not a good uh, color scheme, but I Syndrome. think uh, you know the Panthers really. Uh, yeah, exactly. So I think the Panthers really banked here on the potential here because we really don't know very much about Sam Darnold. He's playing very on a on a very weak New York Jets team, um, and and for the Jets, I mean, this is just poor drafting year after year after year after year for the last six years. I think they've they've traded away their first round picks. Uh, you know, Sam Darnold now, Jamal Adams the year before. Uh, just to name a few, but I think I think this was necessary for Darnold as a as a, a from a career development perspective. I th- think he needed out of there, uh, and the Jets needed to move on because it was almost becoming similar to Trubisky and the Bears. It was just a, a recipe for disaster. It wasn't working for either the team or or the player. But I mean, I know picks mean nothing in the NFL, but I think it was a bit of a steep price for uh, for the Panthers. But if this kind of works out for them, then they have a, a QB that's that's settled in for at least the next three to five years for them, which is stability on the back end. And, um, you know, they they do have they still have a CMC in the back. So this could be 
good for them. But I do think that they were just pretty much banking on the potential of what Darnold could be because the last two seasons haven't been the greatest for him. I think the Panthers looked at what happened to Ryan Tannehill once he left Adam Gase's offense and are hoping for the same thing to happen with Sam Darnold. Uh, Gase is a quarterback killer. And uh, if uh, honestly, I'm not sure how I feel about this trade. Everything is telling me that Sam Darnold is a bust and he's going nowhere. Uh, but there's a small part of me that says like, trust him. He, he, he was a good college quarterback. He, he will get it done in the right offense. So uh, I guess it's a, a matter of time. They have CMC at running back. Hopefully he comes back fully healthy. He's got Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. Robbie Anderson, yep. who is, who, who's coming off a career year after leaving the Jets. And playing for the Panthers now. Yeah, and what did the Jets ha- really have for Sam Darnold? A bunch of picks, right? Like there was there was nobody at wide receiver, nobody at tight end uh, to support uh, Sam Darnold. Now he's going to the Panthers, and he's got a couple of good guys. He can make some moves. He can make some some stuff happen there, especially with CMC at running back. That's a huge win for him, huge win for the Panthers, in, in my opinion, because the Jets, we all know the Jets and the way they, they are. They have nobody. There's no names on their team. They can't make names on their teams. So these guys um, tr- uh, getting all these picks, what is it really going to do for them? You know, I think it's a good time for the, for the Panthers to take a, take a risk here and go get Sam Darnold to be their quarterback. I mean, if you look at their division, Atlanta's in a tough spot as usual. The Saints are in a quarterback situation as well. So they're giving themselves a chance to compete. Uh, probably not for the division against the Bucs, but they're giving them a, uh, they're giving themselves a serious shot at second place, making this trade if it works out. Um, as Sean says, everything points to bust right now. Uh, I think you could turn it around. I think. Uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a good trade for both teams. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Um, the Jets have the new front office, a new uh, sorry, not front office, a new coaching staff. They get the early pick. Uh, they get their future quarterback, hopefully. Uh, yeah, it's a good trade for both parties, I think. The 49ers traded up from the 12th overall pick. Uh, they now hold the third overall. The trade was made with Miami. So Miami received the 12th overall, uh, a third round pick, and first round picks in 2022 and 2023. So clearly 49ers have their eye on somebody. Uh, what are they looking at? What do you guys think? It's hard to say. I I look at that team and I look at what they have uh, with uh, uh, Garoppolo and I just don't know in which direction they're going to go. Are they going to go for another QB? Are they going to like, it's, it's kind of difficult to see because that team Came off of a year before last year, stellar team, almost uh, incredible team that I haven't seen in a really long time uh, since probably the Kaepernick days. But what is there to do for those guys? They need to go get depth. Then the Eagles made a trade for that same 12th pick and a first round pick in 2022, letting the Dolphins move up to the sixth pick. So the Dolphins have how many picks now in the first round? have two first round picks uh six and 18 two second round picks picks 36 and 50 oh yeah 
the sea creatures are coming up. Let me tell you. Four picks. I think they're yeah. going to give Buffalo a, a run for their money. Four picks in the, in the first 50 choices. <laughs> That's pretty uh, – that looks good. Look at it this way, guys. The Dolphins had a good year, let's say. Good year. We're not going to say bad. They had, very, say they, had they, had a, they had a good year. They made changes to the front office. They made changes to the coaching staff. They're 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 taking their team serious. They're making moves. I have not seen the Dolphins make moves like this since ever. The um, the Panthers also signed AJ Bouye, so that helps their defense out. And uh, let's keep the player news together. Oh, we're expecting uh, Jadavion Clowney to sign with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, we also have James Conner that visited with the Cardinals today. Uh, he's expected to get a deal. That's going to be a, a committee between him and Edmonds. We discussed off the air what was going to happen in Arizona, and I think that's a fine fit. Uh, Julian Edelman announced his retirement today. How are we feeling, Ant? Or Burge, I should say. Well, it's... Uh... It's definitely bittersweet, but I think, uh, you know, for for a player who kind of wasn't expected to do very much, kind of played his college as a QB, came in, was wide receiver, and basically did almost anything and everything for, for the Patriots. I think it's... Uh, it's it's sad to to see him kind of go out on that note um, with with the injury that uh, that he suffered last year with his uh, knee injury, but I think uh, the biggest kind of memory for for me would be that Super Bowl win and that miracle catch that happened. I think that really helped solidify his his career in many ways. But uh, it's it's sad news to see a player who's really given his heart and soul to the organization and the team uh, to be almost forced out. Um, I think a part of me is also trying to think maybe if he takes the year off, could he come back for one last run under his own kind of terms? Um, and, you know, I, th I think the fact that he chose to retire after the Patriots cut him this afternoon due to his injury is, I, I think it was meaningful to him. I think he had his heart and soul with the Patriots organization and didn't really want to play anywhere else, even though I think he could have had an opportunity to go down South to Tampa Bay if, if, somewhat healthy and, and intrigued enough, but I think uh, he was a true Patriot and uh, took the door and is, is going to focus more on his health. But I think it's a, it's a big loss. It's a veteran who, who can provide quite a bit of leadership in, in the organization's locker room. So definitely a, um, a hit, but um, I think it, now in this stage it's, of his career was going to be more uh, a leadership hit more so than an on-field um, hit, especially with the new moves that they've made and the new receiving core that they have brought in. Um, I, I think it's going to be all right for the Patriots, but the biggest thing for them still is QB hunting. But, you know, that'll be for another topic for another day, I think. Um, I see him coming back in a year or two. Well, I heard just very quick, I, I heard that the retirement was part of the clause and that it, it, it needed to be part of them cutting him. Well, he's uh, he's guaranteed two million dollars uh, for taking uh, for, for the fact that he was you know injured. Uh, so uh, in order to get paid, I think for for this year, um, as he retired, is enacted that clause of his contract of uh, being paid two million. What was his injury? Uh, knee injury. So he has a chronic ah. knee injury that he suffered, Oof. and he went for a surgery uh, in the off season, and unfortunately hasn't healed. Um, I guess as as much as they thought it should or would uh, in time for him to come back in training camp. 
a guy like that excels too much in life. He's going to be back. You, how old is he? He's in his late twenties. He's uh, early thirties. Oh, really? I thought he was a young guy. Well, he he reminds me, and and I'm sorry if I I, I say something out of place right here, uh, Birch, being a fan. He reminds me of a better, well put together Wells Welker. You know what I mean? Uh, and and Sean, your head is nodding, and I'm, you're saying no, shaking, uh, not nodding. Uh, yeah, that's what I meant. But uh, how you don't see the the resemblance at all? Oh, Wes Welker is a much better player than Julian Edelman ever was. Edelman was a fantastic player. He probably had the sweetest beard in the whole NFL. But <laughs> uh, I, I think Wes Welker was a much better player. I think Wes Welker was was tout. He has uh, more of a natural raw talent, uh, but. I think where uh, Julian Edelman came in, just I guess that drive, that perseverance from being like that underdog, uh, and and always constantly having to prove himself on the field to stay with the team. I think that that drove him to to be a better, well-rounded athlete in the end. But I think from you know comparing pure athletic ability, I think you're right. I think Wes Walker was uh, touted to be much more athletic. But I mean, when when you're only behind Jerry Rice. Uh, in Edelman's case, so I, I think that's that speaks to his longevity and his his numbers as well. Behind Jerry Rice, in what category? Uh, in in playoff uh, stats, I believe. Right. So Edelman was one of the greatest playoff receivers in NFL history, and I'll I'll give him that 100. Now, with that being said, is he a Hall of Famer in your opinion? Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to say no for the simple fact that he he wasn't ever a great regular season wide receiver. He showed up in playoffs and it showed for those three Super Bowls. Um, but otherwise, I, I think he might go down in the Patriots Hall of Fame if they have one. They do. Uh, but at, for the NFL, yeah. And Welker is uh, Hall of Fame material? Welker's a traitor. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just find uh, Edelman is more of a leader than Welker. You know what I mean? Like you look towards Edelman uh, to lead you, to uh, guide you, to train you, to be there for you. He was more of, I don't know, he had more of that. He had something about him I liked about him, even though I, I, I wasn't a fan of the Patriots, but I liked Edelman as a wide receiver, he brought something to the table and being there last year, the times that he was here, you knew that he was part of the team. You knew he was uh, the face of the team uh, with Brady's absence there. He definitely brought a lot of charisma to the team and, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, that, that, that work ethic. And he definitely did his best, I, I think, to fill the shoes and the void that Brady left in terms of that leadership core. But um, it, it, like I said, I think he's, he's a well, well-liked guy around the league He's a workhorse. He's one of those guys that'll do anything to help the team win a game. Um, and I think that's why coaches and teams really like a player like that. He's willing to give everything he's got. And um, he's had a great career with the Patriots. Uh, I, I agree with Sean. I think, you know, definitely a lock for Patriot Hall of Fame. But uh, for the NFL, uh, not quite sure. Two or three Super Bowls he has. Three. Edelman, huh? Yep. I don't know. It's, it's, it's difficult to say not to be, I don't know, maybe down the line, he might be Hall of Fame material. You never know. He might come back and make some moves, but I don't know. The guy has, he's one of the best playoff wide receivers and has three Super Bowls. 
not a lot of other people that are in the Hall of Fame kind of have those numbers or did that besides, you know, the greats, right? Let's think of it that way as well. But you know what? The guy did good. The guy did the, the he did well for the Patriots. He's uh, he's definitely a a great at- athlete, and to take the to take the 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 road out just for a bit because of his injuries is smart on his part also because you don't want to have uh, something not to look forward to down the line with injuries, right? Happy retirement. So as of 2022, there's been changes made to the uh, regular season. Uh, all teams uh, will now be playing an, an international game. So there will be games held in Canada, Europe, Mexico, and South America. The only NFL team to not have played a regular season game internationally so far was were, were the Packers. Um, that changes this year. And the season also expanded to 17 games, so 18 weeks. Uh, preseason was reduced to three weeks per t- uh, three games per team, rather. Uh, there will be one bye week between the end of preseason and start of the regular season as well. Um, do you guys feel good about that? Does it really do that much? Yeah, like to make playoffs or like I didn't I haven't read into it. So. I- Here's my take on it, just really quick. I find the week 18 games that they went for a lot of the te- a, a, a lot of them, a lot of the matchups. I find the NFL went for blockbuster games, like big, big matchups. And then week 18, where you're sitting your team a lot of the time. If you're if you're if you're a sure shot for the playoffs, I find it a bit. Uh, I don't know. I'm not, I, I don't love it. As a fan, I love this personally. I get one extra game and one less preseason game, which honestly I didn't really care for uh, to begin with. Um, as a player, honestly, I'm not a player, <laughs> as you're all aware, um, but players have been very vocal about this, that they aren't fans of it. Uh, they already are struggling to get through a regular 16-week uh, uh, season, and now they have an extra week to, to, to play in. Um, like Steve was saying, the games that they have added in that 17th week are really, really good, compelling games. They're not going to be the games where uh, half the team sits out and gets ready for the playoffs. So I, I think what the NFL did for at least the first 17 game season was was good by making those games interesting and games that fans will want to tune into. I mean, all the games are out of conference games, right? Yeah. Um you know, I'm, I'm looking at the kind of the matchups uh, for next year. And, you know, the most intriguing one that obviously I think everybody's going to circle in is Packers against the Chiefs. I think that is the biggest hard hitting game to to end the season. Uh, the, the rest, I mean, I think arrests are kind of it, it's it's kind of like a glorified week 17. I mean, week 17, the playoff teams have pretty much locked up their seedings. They rest their players. There's real. There's not really a point uh, in in kind of playing your star players in an out of conference game unless you're really competing for, um, you know, uh, to lock to make the playoffs or maybe to finalize your division, which um, could be the case. But the the most interesting matchup for me is is definitely in the in the addition of these matchups is the Packers and the Chiefs. The rest, you know, even for my Patriots playing playing Dallas, I think. It, it could be a, a good, interesting game, depending on how both teams' season kind of unfolds, but it could also mean a very mediocre game as well. The uh, the Steelers get the Seahawks, which is a pretty interesting 
that's a big that's a big way to end your season and uh i mean like like, like we were saying i i don't see that i i see it more unfortunate in that it's going to be a game that players on on either side could be sitting out and 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 it's being advertised as one of the biggest games that we have all year. That's big. It's, it's uh, I don't know. I think the season should end versus your rival. Uh, I'm a big fan of that. Mm-hmm. But, Definitely. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, I, I'd, I'd have to see it. I'd have to see how Week 18 actually looks once it, once it arrives. Uh, I have a feeling that a lot of people are going to sit, whether playoffs or not. It's at that point in the season, a lot of the players are tired. Their bodies are aching. There's injuries. They're pushing forward to get into the into the playoffs. It, it, it's going to be difficult. It's, it's going to be it's going to be different to see, but it's going to be difficult. I understand some players talking about it and like really being vocal about it. Again, you're being paid. What was what's Lockett being paid per year? Thirty seven mil, something like that. At the end no, of this, than that, but yeah. At the end of the day you you play you suit up and you exactly play. you're being paid big time money yeah. if you're if you're being paid 25 dollars an hour i would understand but again you're being paid big time bucks one extra game just play the game i, I think i think what happens now is they they were kind of forced to add that game to to an already established not schedule but opponents that were already established and they added this this last game so i think going forward we'll get to see that that last like the season ending on a rivalry game again, but um, yeah, what's the, these are games that should be moved like back into the big games like this should be moved into like more significant weeks. What, what's the reason behind this? I did. I haven't read about it. It's very simple. It, money. The more yeah, games okay. the NFL has on, on air, the more money they make. Yeah, that so comes it's, all, with, it's all about the money. Yeah, hundred percent, and that goes into the conversation we were having a few weeks ago regarding Dak, Pres- Dak Prescott's uh, contract, right? Where Berger mentioned that what does um, uh, Jerry Jones care about the money? He's going to get all that back with the next TV contract, and uh, that's where all this comes into place. It's all about money. Um, I, I also would like to touch on the whole seventeen game thing again um i i think they're trying to make the season more at the end of the season i should say more competitive as well like everyone here had mentioned at one point the last game a lot of teams the the teams that made the playoffs they were sitting out and the teams that hadn't like uh that were not making the playoffs they just sat it out right they didn't really care that much um so i i don't know i think by having that 17th game by removing one of the um the uh, first on by teams um, in, in the playoffs for each division. I think it adds more competition towards the end of the season and makes it more interesting for, for fans like us. I was just thinking about like the Packers chiefs matchup that, uh, that Burge mentioned. That's an interesting thing in that both those teams will probably be playing for a bye week come week, come week 17 mm-hmm. or week eight, uh, or week 18 rather. So that, that could become interesting in that you might not want to sn- and neither side really would would probably want to sit their players in that instance if they're competing for that bye week. So yeah, I guess there's certain things that are uh, to to be seen. I guess I mean we don't know what it's going to be like just yet, but uh, yeah, more football. Oh, that means more fantasy too, right? That's going to be weird for fantasy. <laughs> 
Uh, it doesn't change much. You play an extra week and you... Uh... Actually, no, it doesn't mean anything for fantasy. Most fantasy seasons are done by then. Ah, good, good, good. I need more stress to the table. Now that the Colts are playing the Bucks, the last game. <laughs> so, uh, Sean, you had some fun facts about the 16-game era in the NFL. So, uh... I, I found a few interesting tweets uh, throughout uh, the last uh, few weeks um, regarding the 16-game era in the NFL. Um Let's start off with the best winning percentages in uh, in the league. Uh, the Steelers are number one at 0. 0.609. Uh, Patriots finished second overall at 0. 0.603. Broncos in third place. The Packers in fourth place, and the Ravens uh, in fifth place. Um, so that, that what do you think about that, Steve? That your Steelers finish first? Overall? I think it looks good. <laughs> I mean, it it makes sense. But the the 16 game era started when. 1978. Okay, so way before. Um, I'm surprised then. I'm surprised that they're that they're ranked that high. 78. I think we all agree that we expected the Patriots to finish first, right? Uh yes. Maybe not though. I would have maybe seen the Packers finishing first there. So the Packers actually have the best winning percentage in NFL history, but in uh-huh. 16 game era. I don't know. I, I how long has Tom Brady been the quarterback since two thousand? Two thousand one, yeah. Two thousand one. That is twenty one year or twenty years or nineteen years of straight like what is it? 12, 13, 14 game seasons. That's a lot of wins in in a nineteen year stretch. And an undefeated so, season that was squashed by the Giants, but won't get into uh, that. Undefeated with a a little asterisk at the end. Um, but that that speaks of uh, like how, when did the Patriots come into the NFL? The Patriots have been a team since 1960. Okay, so they were pre uh, 70s. So they were pre uh, 16 game era. I was gonna say like, I guess it made sense, but they weren't. They were never a really good team up until the Brady era, were they not? That's right. So it makes sense, I guess, that they're that uh, that they're not the first place team, but they're not far behind. I'm surprised the Broncos are there. I'm not surprised the Broncos are there. Yeah, um, me too. Yeah, not surprised John the Broncos. Uh, it, the Broncos, the Steelers, their names that come up in the statistics for uh, wins uh, uh, and all these stats. If, if you have ever looked into it, Broncos come up a lot as well. The Ravens are pretty high considering their shorter uh, lifespan in the NFL. But I think the thing with the Broncos is that I, as an organization, I find they've, as of late, well, since the, since the little Manning era that they had, uh, the Broncos are just for the, for, for, uh, for a prestigious fr- franchise. They don't, they don't draft very well. They don't bring in good pieces anymore. They're, they, they look like a mess. Now, yes, and I blame. You'd never see that of the Steelers, of the Packers, of 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 the Ravens. Unfortunately, you'll, you'll never even. And the Patriots are are trending to towards figuring this out a lot sooner than the Broncos are after their Manning uh, Super Bowl win. Mm-hmm. Worst winning percentages goes to the Lions. I mean, no one's probably shocked about that. Very shocked. Um, I, I really, I'm, I'm, I'm baffled to see them at number one. I sense sarcasm. Uh, the Browns at number two again, not a shocker. The uh, defending reigning Super Bowl champions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, in third place. The Weird. Cardinals, 
Isn't it weird? They have Tampa Bay has been irrelevant no, they, since Tom Brady. They've been came. awful. I mean, who the hell have they had? They won that Super Bowl. Yeah, they won and, the Super Bowl. Yeah, and they, won the Super and they were they were irrelevant up to that season. They were irrelevant since that season. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Before and after. They still got they still have the two Super Bowls. Anyways. Yeah. How funny is Tom Brady? They're in the best and in the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Cardinals in fourth and Jaguars in fifth. Where are the Raiders place. in all of this? Uh, probably in sixth. I took them out of the top five. <laughs> and the Jets? The Jets, I'm telling you, man, it's all that Mark Sanchez. That was a glorious time in the Jets history. I'm shocked at the Cardinals being in the bottom five. They had a couple of good Super Bowl runs too, no? They did when Kurt Warner joined the team. Uh, they played really good for that, what, three or yeah. four year stretch. Uh, but again, like the Buccaneers, they were quite irrelevant before and have been since Kyler Murray got mm. drafted. So, Or up until Kyler Murray got drafted. And then the Jags. Huh? The Jags. At least they have a swimming pool in their stadium. That's yeah. amazing to see. The so. Jags had one really good year when they had, uh, what's his name, at, at quarterback? Blake Bortles. Yeah, Blake No, Bortles. when they had, uh, they lost against the Steelers in the uh, in the playoffs. No, no they won against like, the Steelers. Yeah. They won yeah. against the Steelers. Yeah. That, was a, uh, that was an ugly game. I remember that game. Yeah. So, yeah. What was the quarterback's name? Bernard? No, Blake Bortles. No, he was not the quarterback at that. You're talking about Gerard. Gerard, there you go. Gerard was the quarterback. But a few years ago, one really good year. A few years ago, too, with Bortles, they knocked us out. And that defense, right? That was a sick defense. Yeah, so I guess they had two good seasons, maybe. The best stat of the 16 game era goes to the Chicago Bears. They end the 16 game era with zero 4,000 yard passing seasons from a quarterback they wow. never had a quarterback well that changed they never had a quarterback uh jim mcmahon's best accomplishment was wearing a bears jersey at the white house after he won a super bowl with the packers as a backup quarterback <laughs> yeah the chicago Bears. i mean will that change with uh with uh what's his name they had rex grossman <laughs> <laughs> thank you that's the only reason oh, wow. why they lost the super bowl Against the wow. Colts. Rex Grossman. Man, was he bad the years after. What, did he play two years after that Super Bowl? He, he was bad that season as well. The defense brought them to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yes. Uh, with Erlacher. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I agree. And it was a nice rainy night. <sighs> Good way to win. All right. So that pretty much closes up the, the, the fun facts and the changes to the season. Uh, I think, uh, I, well, we went through everything we wanted to talk about this week. Um, yeah, we have uh, the draft coming up, I think. Uh, yeah, we have the draft coming guys. up on April. The first round's on April 29th, right, Sean? Yeah, 29th, 30th, and the May 1st. Yeah, so I think the next couple of weeks uh, we'll touch on draft, what we think teams are going to do. But uh, we're not really experts on the prospects. So, I mean, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go maybe more uh, free-flowing talking about the draft less stat oriented less um you get what i'm saying right oh yeah for sure um you never know what could happen throughout the, the next couple of weeks also and there could be big things that are brewing yeah i think a couple of teams are trying to trade up so we'll see what's uh, what happens with that let's not forget what's happening in houston folks 
It's getting interesting in Houston. Oh, yeah, in Houston, it's getting interesting. Uh, they got another quarterback? They did not, but apparently the Philadelphia Eagles are still interested in making a trade for Deshaun Watson. Well, Deshaun got dropped from Nike, uh, beats by Dre, or beats, or whatever it's called now, and is getting... Uh, uh, Dropped from a bunch of endorsements, so yeah, it makes sense. Uh, ain't looking good, folks. Not looking good. No, it may make sense that that companies want to protect themselves now, and uh, I still think the Texans should do the same. This is a chance for them uh, to rewrite their uh, their wrongs here. So uh, the Eagles are looking for Deshaun Watson. That's what they want. They want Deshaun Watson. They're not going with Jalen Hurts. They, they'd be interested in trading for him if if. Uh, <laughs> If if Houston or if whatever, how, however this plays out, uh, I mean, they got to watch and see how this plays out, but they're not going to let this hurt his reputation if he's uh, been falsely accused. Let's see what happens. Yeah. So it's good to be back this week. Uh, good to cover some topics uh, as well that we've missed the last couple of weeks. It's been also quiet in the NFL. It's things happening here and there. Yeah, relatively uh, quiet. Tightening up some and loose end screws. So yeah, we'll have to see what happens this week. Uh, but I think next week we'll probably just go through if there's any news and maybe uh, uh, free flow on the draft. Talk about what we think maybe our teams will do. Uh, maybe we could cover our divisions. We could, we'll, we'll, we'll do something cool, I guess, but nothing too formal with the draft. Good to be back. Good to see you guys. Missed you guys. Missed you guys too. It was good to get back at this. So uh, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll be back next week, guys. Bye. Take it easy. 